Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Today, on Mother's Day, we're going to talk about gifts, but not Mother's Day gifts. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts. And, uh, you know, uh, I know that in a room like this, if I ask about spiritual gifts, there's probably you've had... There's probably a wide range. For some of you, maybe you're newer to church or you weren't raised in a church that uses, uh, talked about spiritual gifts very much. Some of you have been raised in churches that always talk about spiritual gifts. Some of you have had positive experiences, negative. We understand there's a broad range here. And, uh, but what we want to do is to, today is we're wanting to show the beauty of spiritual gifts and really show how God wants us to be exercising spiritual gifts. Now, uh, for me, my story is uh, I grew up in a church that uh, did not emphasize spiritual gifts. In fact, I never heard anything about spiritual gifts growing up. Um, one thing I, I, I remember is I remember all the stories about Jesus and doing these powerful things and him having, you know, words of revelation and preaching and things happening and people coming to him. And I remember him healing and delivering people from demons and, and uh, speaking of the future and all these things, right? So we, we did talk about that, but I don't even remember them talking about the apostles and the, the, the followers of Jesus doing these things. I think it kind of, I didn't hear much of that. And I certainly didn't hear that me as a Christian was supposed to be doing these things, right? And this is, I, I just didn't have that at all. And, uh, but then this strange thing happened, which some of you are old enough to remember. Back in, 19, in the 70s, we were in a lot of crisis and people began kind of crying out to God, and God's Spirit began operating and moving all over the place in ways that we hadn't seen for a while. And what was interesting is every church of every denomination usually had this place where God began doing something, and, this, and, and things that they might not even have theology for and even understanding for. Like even in this place here, it's an Episcopal church, and we cleaned out everything in this church when we, when we bought it and all this. And I knew a lot of the people who went here, and there was a revival. God's Spirit came strongly on this church, and it was, you could, it was just packed out, and the Holy Spirit was moving. So it was just everywhere. And my, uh, for me, I was in this church that didn't, necessarily, didn't talk about spiritual gifts, and all of a sudden, uh, one of our pastors begins counseling this woman. And at this time, I'm not following Jesus at all. And, uh, but I hear about this, this... Uh, this uh, Pastor started counseling this woman in her 20s, and she had lots of fears and things she'd gone to therapists for, and she couldn't get free from this stuff. And so she said, oh, wasn't a Christian. And as the pastor began counseling him at the end, he began praying for her, and she just froze up and rolled down on the ground and just stayed there for a while. And they thought, I don't know what to do with this. And so then they got deacons together, and within a week or so, after lots of prayer, this woman was delivered from a demon, which we had no theology for this, <laughs> and she became a, a, a follower of Jesus. I remember years later, Debbie and I were, she was in a, moved out of town, and I remember we went to her house. She's married then with her kids, raising them to love Jesus, and I thought, wow, <laughs> that was the beauty of the spiritual gifts being exercised, of discernment and empowered ministry. So for me, that was about the time that I began first fully 
giving myself over to Jesus at that point. That was a little bit of part of it. I remember thinking, I was going, I remember, I remember this as a side note. Uh, I went to the exorcist. After hearing that story and going to the exorcist, I was, I was freaked out. Also, I remember that. I remember I was, I was sobered a lot, right? And I walked out of the exorcist, and there were these crazy Christians trying to talk to me about Jesus. And I liked them. It was the first time. I thought, I, I don't know what, you, I didn't take their pamphlet, but I, I liked them. And I got in my car afterwards, and uh, I remember saying to my friend, he says, what do you want to do, go get something to eat? And I said, I want to go to church. That's what I said. <laughs> Which, no, I never said that. So I did say it, but I mean, I never usually said that. That was what I felt. So I, it, it was part of my process, like this is a spiritual world. And, and so I began, actually began understanding spiritual gifts from that point on. I was, I was, so I've always had a theology ever since I came back to Jesus. There are spiritual gifts. They are for today. And we, you know, I, I saw it right in the Bible. I always believed it. I believed in this empowered ministry stuff. And I really tweaked out my theology on spiritual gifts. I could, I could argue with you on anything on spiritual gifts and make them look really good. The problem is I wasn't really practicing them. I had lots of analyzation of them, and every once in a while things would happen, and I'd have a category to put it in, but I wasn't really participating in spiritual gifts until my life started getting to a place where I thought, I need something else. I love Jesus. I love the Bible. I'm committed, but I, I have these things inside of me. I need more than what I have. And I was also trying to help other people come to know Jesus. And I felt like this isn't working very well. I was, I was desperate. And so I started kind of crying out to Jesus and saying, help, help, help. And, much, and opening parts of myself to the Holy Spirit that I just, desperation caused it. And then guess what? I started experiencing spiritual gifts empowered ministry just a little bit and then we went God told us to go to California which was a wild thing to happen and we went there and went to a vineyard out there and they taught about spiritual gifts and they also practiced spiritual gifts not just in the up front but all over the church and they mainly did it by just praying for each other and I mean everybody was always praying for each other in the parking lot in the restaurants at people's homes at church and then as they would pray for them, these are really new Christians and immature Christians. I was much more mature than they were. But they were experiencing spiritual gifts coming through them. And I started experiencing being on the receiving end of that. And I started experiencing God using me in spiritual gifts. If you're a follower of Jesus, God wants you to be an empowered minister who operates and experiences coming to you and through you, this thing called spiritual gifts. Every believer, it's this beautiful thing. It's this, but it's a gift. <laughs> and you can take a gift and not know what it's used for. And use it in a way that's not there. Or you can take a gift and you can ignore it. And what we want to do today is we want to just kind of put the lights on and say, these are the spiritual gifts and they are gifts for you. And you can, we can see the beauty of what it means to be living an empowered life, operating in the places of spiritual gifts. And so, I want to just pray for our time. I'm going to have Ben come up and, and read our passage this morning. 
But I just encourage you right now, would you just close your eyes? You guys know when you pray, you can really pray or you can not pray. You can just go through the motions, right? Praying is a spot that you yield yourself to God. Holy Spirit, right now, we just do our best to say, God, we're here and we want to yield ourselves to you. We want to yield ourselves to your Holy Spirit right now. You know what's going on in our lives and you know what we need. And you love us and you want to give us good things. And we ask for your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and just teach us today about spiritual gifts. Not just in a cognitively, but in a place of our heart that you begin turning on lights that we can only see through the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we take this offering, I ask you just use it to advance your kingdom. I pray that you will just uh, be honored by our giving. We pray for the kids downstairs that they come away knowing you in a deeper level. So we just put this whole morning into your hands and look forward to what you want to do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to have Ben come and read our passage this morning, and then uh, we'll go from there. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Thanks, Ben. Um, you know, um, the thing, we'll go through these, these verses just a little bit. Understanding one thing about these verses is in this context of Corinthians, sometimes we think of Corinthians, I've heard people talk about like it's, the, it's like the model for spiritual gifts. And that's actually kind of a distorted view of what Corinthians is. Corinthians is a church that was operating in the spiritual gifts strongly, but were not using them appropriately. There were people who had issues of not putting love of what they were doing. They had lots of division. It's the very things that the gifts were for they weren't doing. And so Paul is writing a letter to help them understand this is what spiritual gifts are for. 
and uh, this is how you use them, and here's how you don't use them. And so the thing about Paul, he didn't, he didn't like say, hey, what I want you to do is quit being so doggone focused on these gifts. He said, no, I want you, I want you to be eagerly desiring more gifts, but I want you to understand what the gifts are for. I don't want you to be uninformed about this. I want to help you figure that out, and I want to help you put order to places that you're misusing the gifts. You know, the thing about this is we, we see the gifts all the time through Scripture, right? Of, we see the places in which that, uh, uh, the gifts are just being operated. Like, if you look all the way, if you read the Gospels, and you begin to understand, if you understand, you'll just see them everywhere. Jesus, oh, he's doing that. Oh, and you can put definition. Oh, he has word of knowledge here. Oh, he has prophecy here. Oh, he has healing here. He has distinguished spirits here. And you just start adding them up. And yet, spiritual gifts, the name has not even been used, right? They're, they're what's happening. And you see them teaching the disciples to be doing the same things even before his resurrection. And they begin operating this place of spiritual gifts. But then you see when Pentecost comes, and the Holy Spirit indwells the believer after Jesus' ascension, you see it going to a whole nother level, right? And uh, so what's interesting, if you think about like Acts 2, that'd be a good uh, homework assignment to read Acts 2 this week, just, or just start reading Acts, right? And you can just see the spiritual gifts just exploding, because like, if, just think about Pentecost, let's just, most of you know that story a bit. What do you have? Signs. You have wonders. <laughs> you guys ever had signs you wonder about? But it, signs and wonders. And then you have, you have speaking in tongues, interpretation, and you have this revelation. And all of a sudden these people who were leaders but hiding became empowered to the point they were bold and they stood up and they began teaching. It starts cutting people to the heart. Then they start exhorting. And then the people come and evangelism works pretty well. They have 3,000 come to go, oh, Jesus, the revelation of Jesus comes through this process. And then what do they do? They start going into each other's homes and having hospitality and kindness. And they are so generous. It says there wasn't even a need among them because there was this gift of giving, right? You can just go on and on. And you see, oh, they're all there, right? Here's an important point. They had never been through a spiritual gifts class. They, they had no definitions. They were just operating by listening to the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and loving people. And then out of that, the empowerment came. Gifts were defined way later. So here we look at 20 years later. This is just what they do. The difference was he's bringing correction to how they do it, Right? He's helping them understand they're probably even on the next generation of Christians at this point. So he's reminding them. And so he goes to this place in Ephesians, and he begins explaining to them. And I'm just going to kind of highlight a few things, because this could be gift, spiritual gifts. You could go forever. It could be a whole week seminar. We're going to try to narrow it down a little bit. You know, the passages of um, spiritual gifts, you'll find them in Romans, and you'll find some in, a lot in Corinthians. You'll find some in Ephesians and Peter. And so there's lots of different ones that help you understand. We're going to stay primarily in Corinthians. But as you look at that, is understanding Corinthians is helpful because it's basically putting some words to things. And it's specifically showing you the right way of using spiritual gifts. And it starts out kind of big picture. Now, you have to realize, we say this a lot in our church, but we can never, we can never say it too much. Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is very different than the gifts of the Spirit. We're after becoming people who have the fruit of the Spirit in our life. 
And the gift of the Spirit is to help in that transformational process that causes us to have more and more character like Jesus and to be truly transformed and healed into the place of the likeness of Jesus that he wanted us to have before the fall. That's, that's the whole thing. So we're after the fruit of the Spirit. So the Corinthians are leaning pretty heavily into the gifts of the Spirit, but they're lacking the fruit of the Spirit, this place of love and all the things that that means in relationship. And so when Paul's starting, you have to realize this, this church is a wreck a bit. There, if you start reading about Corinthians, it wasn't in, the, in a healthy spot. So he starts really big picture, which I think is interesting, kind of helping them understand some discernment. If someone says Jesus is a curse, that's not God. <laughs> someone says Jesus is Lord, that is God. Like the Holy Spirit gives them a chance to do that. So he's starting real big picture because they, he's basically helping them understand you need to follow the Holy Spirit. You've had chances before in your life where you've actually bowed down to idols and you've had other spirits that you've been influenced by. But what he's getting across here is this place of now you're bowing down to Jesus, Jesus is Lord, and now he's the person, it's one spirit that we're now under. And then he goes, begins explaining more of what that looks like. And, uh, and in verse 4, this is really helpful, because in verse 4, he goes to this place of there's different kinds of gifts, there's different kinds of service, and that could actually uh, be ministry, different kinds of ministry, and then there's different kinds of working. That could be different kinds of effects. It would be a good way of putting that to help it spread that a little bit more in a definition. And so that's very helpful because what he's saying is you need to understand because the, the Corinthians, that we can detect in the text of the Corinthians is they're, they're kind of proud of their gift. And I have this gift and you have that gift and, you, and, I'm, and, and they're using it for the, to, to decide their spirituality. If you ever hear somebody who starts using their spiritual gifts to prove they're spiritual, that's just not good because <laughs> gifts are gifts, right? And so, but they're, they're in this space of competition and division. And so what he's saying here, he's basically saying, there's all kinds of different gifts, there's, but there's one spirit directing this whole thing. And in that spot, and, and you have to understand, this, in Corinthians that we're reading here, this is not a complete list. This is just helping get a snapshot of kind of to put in order probably some of the things they were particularly focused on in that particular church. And so as they look at this, they're basically saying, you know, there's all these different place, types of gifts. And they're not, and I think the implication is, and these are not from you. And so I think the takeaway on this place is to realize that you really don't understand how many gifts there are. There's just lots of them. And when you start trying to narrow it down to very specific, like this is this and this is that, it's probably not what God's doing. Because he works in a, with many different gifts, and we see later he distributes as he chooses. Now, here's a good rule of thumb. You just be yourself and let God operate through you. So we have these very types of gifts that are, they are different kinds of gifts, different kinds of ministry, and different kinds of working. And then guess what? We are different kinds of people. So it's just this unique variety of how it looks. And so I think that's a good takeaway for that, that verse. But as you go through it, it also talks about there's different kinds of ministry. Spiritual gifts, when they're, they're, they take place, and of whether it be healing, discernment, word of knowledge, all the different ones, when those take place, they can be very different, 
And, and the difference there, when it's talking about that first part of difference, it's distinct. There's very much distinction in his gifts. The gift of healing is very different than the gift of knowledge. If the teaching is different than the gift of exhortation. So it's showing there's distinction. But he's also saying there's lots of them. And then after he's saying there's lots of them, he's going on to say, and by the way, the, there's different kinds of service or there's different types of ministry that come out of it. Sometimes when we think of gifts, we have an imagery of what that gift will do. Because maybe that's how we experienced it, or we thought about it, or whatever. But it can be lots of things. I've been surprised how spiritual gifts operate because they do things in ways. Once they happen, it can, it can look lots of different ways. You know, one time I remember uh, we had a lady who uh, was in this room. We reversed the other way back then. And she came around after the service, and she wouldn't leave. Like, I, like she was brand new, and she kept talking to anybody. And then someone leaves, she talked to someone else, and I thought, this gal is either extremely lonely, or she just loves, you know, our, we, our people are amazing. And I thought it was the end, or, I thought it was people amazing. But I went up to her afterwards, and I said, uh, hey, I uh, met her. And she goes, I said, are you new? And she goes, no, I've been here one other time. She's from out of town. And she said, I, w- I went when you guys were at the school on an Easter I said, really? She goes, yeah. And I said, she goes, I committed my life to Jesus. I said, really? I said, who prayed for you? She goes, I didn't pray for anybody. Who'd you talk to? Didn't talk to anybody. She goes, I went back. God told me to break up with my boyfriend. I changed this. This has happened. My life has changed. I'm back in town. I just want to come find you guys. I thought, huh, that's a little different evangelism than I thought. But it's the gift of evangelism, right? It wasn't exactly how I would have expected that. You know, uh, a few number of years ago, some of you remember this, some of you may have been involved and I didn't know it, um, Debbie and I, she'd saved for like seven or eight years to go to Italy. She's always went to Italy, so me being the cheap person I asked, if you say, we'll go. So she took me seriously. She started punting away, and I thought, she said, we're ready to go. I said, what? She said, I've been saving, so we, we're going to Italy. We've never gone out of town, out of town. We've gone out of town. We're not that bad. We've never gone out of the country. So we said, oh, we're going to Italy. And we just were just, we're in a stage of our life that it was like God was pouring on his grace. I mean, levels that I just can't even put into words. I was like, everything's too good to be true. He's just overwhelming us with, out of some other season. We were just, I mean, we were just over the top. Everything was good. You know the seasons? I hadn't had one for a while, but you know the seasons? Yeah, they're out there. And I remember I come and, is it last Sunday before we went to Italy? And I felt everybody was in it with us. It was kind of cool. I remember getting ready to leave. And, you know, I, I've always had an idea of gift of giving and hospitality and compassion and all that. But this was kind of like, I can't put a name on this gifting. It's all of it put together. And people, we, we just started finding envelopes in our Bible, in Debbie's purse, people handing us money and looking at us and saying the same thing, basically. God wants you to know the extravagant love he has for you enjoy this and i just thought stop it's just too much i mean no and everywhere we look i mean without anything people would begin just handing us money and maybe if you're busy you might want to come back now right no but (coughs) but they just begin handing us money and i remember in the car and we're just like overwhelmed we pull up to our door and there's flowers and another anonymous note with a pile of money in it we had some good meals in italy but I'm just saying is it wasn't the way that gift hit was something I couldn't have figured out, right? 
One time Debbie and I were at a conference and we had a, a stranger, a couple, come up to us and prophesy over us before we planned this church, telling us what her role was and what my role was and what I should pay attention to Debbie and what she should do for me and just in levels that were very specific. And, and then later that next day, I had another man pull me out of the crowd and prophesy over me about something difficult I was going to go through later on in life and how God was going to do it. And, and I mean, we didn't know what to do with it exactly, but I'll tell you what, those two prophecies have protected us and helped us get through things that we couldn't have gotten through because God knew we needed those kind of things. And so I just what it's I wasn't expecting it. Here's what's really interesting. If I found that couple and I found that one guy, I would almost guarantee he would know who I was and would remember a thing he said. Small things that we do have these traumatic big effects in the area of ministry. And you guys know that, right? You know that spot where you've had that moment where someone's prayed for you and all of a sudden you're free from something you weren't before? You see a different way than you did before. You're healed from something that you've been fighting all the time. You have an addiction you couldn't fight, get past, and somehow it tips you over the edge and it starts another way of living. You know, where you feel God's love. For finally, for the first time, you don't feel shame anymore, but you feel his his love for you and his passion for you. I mean, those are good gifts. And in the face of different kinds of effects, I think that's just helpful because when you pray and have this empowerment of the Holy Spirit, it looks different in different ways. I mean, I'm a crier. You know, sometimes I wish I wasn't. Some people get all joyful. I'm always like, I'll switch out sometime. You know, God, if you want to switch me, I laugh a lot more than I cry. But when I feel God, I cry. You know, sometimes when God is working and spiritual gifts, you, the response to that ministry is compassion welling up or pain coming out. Sometimes it physically affects you. It drops you on the ground, makes you have to sit down, it causes you to shake. It, it, it can do lots of things, right? That's not the important thing. That's, it's just that's, you just need to know there, it looks different ways. I've had some of my most powerful times without hardly any outward motion, emotion. And I've other times been tremendously emotional. That, that's not the issue. The issue is God's moving and it will affect you. But the effects will look very different between different gifts and how that looks and how those gifts work. And the last part I just... And I want to emphasize this, verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them, each one, just as he determines. When I analyzed, and it was in my analyzation of spiritual gifts, I wanted to figure them out so I could have some control. I wanted to develop my gifts and I wanted my gifts to be able to pull out of my pocket when I wanted to and use my gifts, but that's just not the way it works. You know, we, now don't get me wrong, as you operate, you'll probably notice that you'll have certain things you'll operate in gifting, maybe a little bit more than others, that will be probably defined, but you'll know that later, right? Here's the thing, is God just is generous and wants to give us gifts. 
And when you're in a spot of trying to love a person, he will give you the gift that he determines to be best. And it may be not something you're familiar with, it may be something you are familiar with, but he gives the gift as he determines. And you don't determine it. And you need to be willing to say, okay, God, whatever you want to use me for, I'll, I, I want that. You know, whatever you want, I want that. You know, I, uh, when I was in my analyzation stage, I just always tried to make sure everything was orderly. Like, because I love I love the verses on orderly. You know, it says it's orderly. It has to be orderly, right? And uh, and I think, well, I think I was a, uh, I think I was confused. I was orderly with control by David, right? And the gifts of the Spirit are the spot where God gives you what he's, what He determines. John Wimber, the founder of Vineyard, used to always use this example. You're caring for a person, you're loving a person, you're in front of them, and they're hurting, and you want God to come for them, and you know you need more than what you can give them. That's a perfect place for spiritual gifts to happen. And in that place of humility, you're like, here's a really good prayer when you're praying for people. Oh, God, oh, God, help me. Help me come up with something. I mean, just, I, I cannot do this. I, if you start thinking, I think I could counsel around this and get out of this one, don't do it. It's... You need something more than yourself, and God knows that too. And so it's the, he describes it. It's like you're praying for somebody, and you reach into this spiritual toolbox you can't see into, and all of a sudden the tool appears, and you use it. And that's a helpful example because he determines what's needed at that time. Now, you know, these, these gifts... It's interesting because there's this relational side of participation in yielding to the Holy Spirit and stepping out and exercising gifts. You know, we can look and we see Jesus from the very beginning. This is my promise if you come to me that you're going to have this river of living water flowing from within you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit coming within you and flowing out of you. That's what you want, right? We see, like we've talked in Romans, very clear, because of what Jesus has done, because of the spending of the Holy Spirit, you and I have the same Spirit within us that raised Christ from the dead. And so we know we have the Holy Spirit. So in that point, it'd be like, okay, we're done. But when you see the Scriptures, it talks a lot about different things that happen. Like, it seems like we have the Holy Spirit, but we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can resist the Holy Spirit. We can say no to the Holy Spirit, or we can say yes to the Holy Spirit, even though we have him in us. We look at this other spot where it says, you know, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought I already had it. Well, it's like, no, I, you yield and welcome the, the, more, the Holy Spirit to come more fully in your life. There's a place that you're a part of that, and you need to actually ask and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We see terms like you're supposed to walk by the Spirit. See, it means that you're, you're making choices to do that. And then we're given gifts, but guess what? We're supposed to earnestly desire gifts. We're supposed to go after them and say, God, I want that gift, and ask for it, right? He's a relational Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and He wants us to be engaging with Him. And so, you know, as we look at some of the spiritual gifts, again, add all the mixtures of what they could be and add all the gifts that aren't even listed, but even just the ones that listed, as you look at this list here, here's my question for you. 
do you earnestly desire these? I mean, do you, earnest, do you earnestly desire to experience these? Look at that list. Which one do you want? I think I said, just ask me for it. He still gives you what he determines to be best. But, you know, a good kid that's safe and secure just asks for the things that they need and what they desire. And God loves to give gifts, gifts to his children. He loves to give the Holy Spirit. He doesn't hold things back. And so what I want you to be thinking about is do you earnestly desire these things? Do you earnestly desire the Holy Spirit? And it's okay if you don't. Just start talking to him and ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that. But if you do, start asking. Start pursuing to be filled in a new way with the Holy Spirit. Start asking God to give you particular gifts and let him show you how to operate in those things. You know, a, a verse I think that's really helpful and just practical, like, okay, how do I, where do I, what do I do? I mean, how does it, I can desire them, but is there a place, this participation thing that we can do? And I think this verse it talks about in First Peter about gifts. Is that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. So I'm not sure which one I received. Well, let's keep going. It says, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, if anyone speaks. Now, this is what I think is helpful. God, you know God has called you to love others and to, to allow God to come through to others. So if that's your desire, as you're speaking... If anyone speaks, they should speak as one speaking the very words of God. And then if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. All right? So here's, here's the practical way. Begin loving people, and with your words, as you're saying them, you're asking the Holy Spirit to give you words to say. And as you're doing things, you're saying, God, I want to be empowered to do those things. And when you start doing that, and you start eagerly seeking and desiring spiritual gifts, you will start experiencing spiritual gifts. I'd say another thing is really good to do as well is to get prayer a lot. Because then you can experience what the gift is like because someone's prayed for you, you've now personally experienced it. And now you understand it, so then you are able to give that away. Here's what I'm summarizing. You had not got it already. If you want to grow in the area of empowered ministry and operating in spiritual gifts, you do not do it by analyzation. You will not understand the working of the Holy Spirit and the gifts by analyzation. It will require humility and participation and calling out to God and yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. You will learn the gifts of the Spirit by experiencing the Holy Spirit's gifts, both in the receiving side and in the giving side, right? So God wants you to experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit, both in, for, because guess what? You need them, and everybody around you needs them, and he's chosen us to be the people who have these gifts to give away. So, Here's your invitation today. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts and ask for them. Just start asking for them. I remember one time I wanted tongues. 
took me two years. <laughs> I'm serious. I like, I was pretending. I was, I would have stood on my head just because I thought this is interesting. I'll try this, right? And God did it when he desired. But you know what? He loved my pursuit, right? I just, you know, he did it differently than I expected. It weren't, the working is different, but he loved the pursuit and God did lots of other things in that process because what I was doing was saying, I want all of you and I want all your gifts, right? So earnestly desire spiritual gifts and ask for them. Love others and put yourself into circumstances that require the Holy Spirit to do what you can't. You know, there's nothing better than having a big need right in front of you and you're the person who's supposed to be representing Jesus and you go, I have no clue and I have no power to help here. That's a good position to be in because then you can begin saying, God, as I speak and as I act, I want to do it as if serving you and loving this person and I want your power to come through me. And he will start showing up and you'll begin experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit and you'll start experiencing spiritual gifts.